Welcome to Stone News Day with Kevin Clark. I am Kevin Clark. Yeah. Are you upset that I did my football, my football noises before we started recording? Yeah, can you do it again, please? Hike, hike. Thanks. We're gonna we're just going full local radio off season sound effects. All right, Brian Curtis joins me this week. Bit of a rain delay theater. We had a uh, a cancellation due to illness. Um, and what we did was we just trying to think of a rubric. We did a draft for current athletes and coaches that we'd want to see in the media. If we're building out a hypothetical network, the only rule is that they have to be currently in their sport, applying their trade and three sports needed to be represented on this network. Can't just be all football all the time. Um, And so I really enjoyed that. And then right before we went on air, the live golf news broke. And so we watched a couple hours of that coverage um, and we talked about it. And I'm just, just one of the craziest days in the history of golf. And there's just going to be so much more to it. I wrote a piece about it on the ringer. Some of my analysis there, a um, couple housekeeping notes. We will get back to normal football talk next week. Um, Lindsay Jones will be back. Steven Ruiz will be joining me next week because we have one of the best players in football joining us next week. Um, we're going to do, if you guys remember from the NFL show last, last summer, we did what's called a ball pit. Um, we did that last year with Justin Jefferson and, uh, Justin Herbert and a couple of other guys and it was really fun and we just talked to them about literally just just ball just straight up ball um, scheme um, best players they've gone against best plays all of that stuff it's really 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 fun um, I recommend you kind of go and and see that that was the first place I think that Justin Jefferson if you remember last year Jefferson said we're doing top 10 receivers on the show. Then we had Justin Jefferson join us to kind of go through it. And I was like, I think it's really kind of corny, Justin, to rank, to have you rank yourself. And then he interrupted me and was like, no, I'm going to be top 10 this year. So that's the ideal of what we're looking for in these ball pits is that he, he went out of his way to rank himself top 10 when I wasn't going to ask him to do. So that's what, that's what it is. So I have one of the best players in football next week doing this. Uh, don't want to say it until it's out, but Ruiz will join me for that. Lindsay will be back. Let's get, to Brian Curtis. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. All right, Brian Curtis is here, sports media whiz, my good buddy. What's going on, brother? What a huge day for sports. So we had a late scratch. News? I just woke up. <laughs> well, can I tell you what? I, I will say this. So when you have a child, as you know, there are weird sleeping patterns. So I was actually napping at like 10 a.m. today. I woke up at like 10, 15, and I had all these texts and the first one I saw, I had a missed call from Megan Schuster, who's my direct editor. And then people were just like, you see this golf news. And I was like, what golf news could possibly be happening that would lead to my phone blowing up? Like there's a hundred stories in football that could lead to this. A hundred stories in basketball, maybe that could lead to this. But uh, for me, I was just like, what is this? And then as soon as I saw it, I was just, I actually had a text from you as well. I was 
completely dumbfounded by this. Because by the way, guess who else was dumbfounded by this? Tiger Woods, it appears. Mm -hmm. Every single golfer on the PGA Tour. Um, Every golfer on the Live Tour, except apparently Phil Mickelson. Um, Greg Norman was sidelined, who was leading Live, was sidelined through this entire thing. This was stunning. This was stunning. Like, I've never... I don't remember something coming out of nowhere like this. They had two months of negotiations. Um, they, I guess they had lunch in London and played a, a round of golf or whatever, but nothing, no olive branch leaked, no sign of concession, nothing. This went from a, a civil war where the battle lines were drawn to PIF and the PGA appearing on, on CNBC together in a, in a handled, negotiated media what amounts to a media conference. It's unbelievable. I've never seen anything like this. I felt so bad when I texted you the first time because it was from CNBC. Now the tweet and in the age of unverified Twitter accounts, I was like, I just sent Kevin something that is clearly fake. <laughs> this isn't said, real. This is and I think gag, I even right? couched it a couple of times. I was like, this isn't real, right? Somebody's playing a prank, right? You're right. We get so few sports stories that A, nobody knew about, including the principals, in this case, at least the golfers. We get so few sports stories that are also the number one story on the New York Times homepage. Yeah. And we get so few sports stories that produce instant videos on Twitter that are effectively receipts. Oh, look, here's Jay Monahan. Yeah. Responding to a comment by saying, well, at least you don't have to be ashamed to play on the PGA Tour. Right. Uh-oh. And a hundred percent agreement on how cowardly and stupid he looks, but he doesn't care. He doesn't care. Like I, I just filed a column. I was talking about how there's going to be a reckoning where everybody's anti-live quotes are thrown back in their face, but not not Rory and and not not John Rahm. Those guys who who stood up for something, but. Like Jay Monahan doesn't care. Jay Monahan just got promoted to CEO of all golf, and he's probably making tens of millions of dollars off of this deal. Like one of the reasons you won't find Jay Monahan angry that that Dave Portnoy and Don Van Nata and everybody are tweeting out the same video saying what an idiot this guy is, is because there's bad sell service on the yacht he's gonna buy. That's where he is right now. And so, like, I just this was like a cowardly end to the strangest chapter in the history of golf. Like, I have so many things. I know we joke about this, but like, honestly, this is, this is a clear, there's a lot to unpack situation. Like never, there's never anything to unpack. And now there's a lot to unpack. A lot to unpack here. This is, (laughs) this is not the finale of succession. There truly is a lot to unpack here. Geopolitical stuff, sports stuff. I really couldn't. I saw people comparing it to the end of succession, including you, by the way, on including Twitter me. today. It's it's early. very one-to-one, which I think when you're dealing with the show of unlikable sociopaths, that's probably a red flag for your sport and the people who are involved in it. Like if you can make a lot of one-to-one, although I will say this, the one comp that does work is that Phil Mickelson is the weird Swedish guy who loved the saunas and was always drunk. <laughs> and he was posing in the boardroom at the end with a big smile on his face. We did yeah, it. That's him. We won. That's him. That's him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, we're, we're going to, I mean, I, I know this sounds reductive, but like I, I have more 
unanswered questions than answers, even though it all, as you said, it all came out in one big release. It reminded me a little bit of some of the conference realignment stuff where we're just like, this is happening. It'll be announced at 4 p.m. Bye. And then it turns out that like Texas and Oklahoma were like had been negotiating for three years for this thing, like USC and UCLA. It's like, by the way, we have a press conference. Bye. See ya. Sayonara. Like it reminds me a little bit of that. Um, just things that no one can know or else the deal would get would get torpedoed. And I do believe there's a conspiracy theory out there that Texas A&M did leak the Texas and Oklahoma uh, thing to the media in effort to get it torpedoed. And it didn't work. They did. It did appear in the Houston Chronicle before it was announced. That's what makes a story like this amazing. Because think about how much bigger, again, just in world, you know, political terms, this is than conference realignment as important as that is to us. It didn't leak. And how many players it could have possibly gone out to, right? This is, there were a lot of people that could have heard about this deal, but they didn't. Do people in Jordan Spieth's life in Dallas consider this a bigger deal or conference realignment within Texas colleges? Ooh, that's a great one. I'm going to go conference realignment. I think Jordan Spieth might, I think Jordan Spieth might think conference realignment's a bigger deal. (laughs) Like how many texts did Jordan get this morning versus the day when they found out the Longhorns go to the SEC. Yeah. I mean, more business people today, right? More like more of his people, but like more of his friends. It's an interesting one. Colton host was had speed on the pod and he like prefaced it. And Colt, I believe, some Texas too. And he had Speeth on. And he was just like, "You guys have no idea how famous Jordan Speeth is in Texas. Like he is a god. Like he can't go any. Like he's the man. Like he's th- that's Especially him. He's Dallas. like him. And yes, yes. Um. All right. So let's get to why we're actually here. We did not want to do. I did not call you on to be the Tom Brokaw of the live thing. By the way, we we both mentioned it. So Brokaw, if you guys remember, does he still do it? Like anytime anything happens, Brokaw just kind of calls into NBC to be the voice of. I'm not even sure it's voice of reason, just the voice of perspective. And he's telling all these stories about like Jackie Kennedy or whatever, and just, just all sorts of, of uh, 35,000 feet takes Mike Tirico was that some perspective from we bring in and he's always like at the Cape or whatever. And, uh, or Montana and, and Tirico was that calling in from Paris into the golf channel to bring much needed perspective on, uh, oh. on live golf channel. It was amazing. It was an all-time news anchor performance, too, because he was on for a really long time, you know, for some perspective, for laying out some of the challenges looking forward, but without lighting anybody up, because that's not what right. news anchor guy does. You know, well, it was, also, he was there. He was on who, television. With the exception of Moynihan, Moynihan, excuse me, um, not the old yeah, Daniel Patrick Moynihan, um, not available Daniel Patrick Moynihan for station. perspective. Um, there's really not any many people to light up yet. Like we don't know who the the heroes and villains are yet, except the Monahan did the did the whole morality play not even a year ago. It was the Canadian Open last year, which the Canadian Open this year will start on Thursday. He couldn't even get through eleven months of of uh, of posturing before selling out. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh it's gonna be amazing. I filed a column. It's gonna be up at the ringer. Try to read it. I don't know. Um, but let's get to what we're actually here for, which is the current athlete and coach media draft pundit draft now in the last couple of years we've lost some opportunities here because rg3 who would have been my top draft pick for years and i texted you i think maybe 2018 after i had a long conversation with him in the in the ravens locker room and i was like man 
That guy explains things well. He's happy to say anything. He, he uses funny phrases like in, in a way that even most athletes don't. Like this is a guy who could be a media star. Fast forward, he is. Like we could, you and I can usually tell when we're talking to a guy. Like okay, this guy's gonna pop when he's on TV. Um, JJ Watt, I think there's probably a reason he's got a lot of suitors and a lot of bidders. He would be fantastic. Whether or not he even wants to do it, he could just do his own thing and make a bunch of money. That's one bucket. JJ Redick obviously has graduated to a new tier of pundit. He's only been out of the league, what, two years, something like that, maybe even less. Um, Jason Gallagher uh, uh, filmed his retirement video in his Brooklyn apartment, and then we had Mexican food afterwards. Um, I think that was, that was last summer. Um, he's already a media superstar. Daniel Ricardo in another bucket, by the way, is not an active F1 driver, so I didn't include him in this, but he is semi semi-retired uh he just doesn't have a seat right now i can't he's a reserve driver i can't i can't put him in this but it feels like brian we're in a new era where these guys can go from right from playing to right in the booth or or their own podcast and just immediate media stars i think a lot of it's reps you know i noticed this and you notice this too i believe when we're talking about high school athletes because they get interviewed so much that by the time they get to college, they have this media savviness because they've been talking to rivals in 24-7 and on three reporters basically their entire lives. There's a corollary with professional athletes, which is you're doing your podcast, right? And so by the time you are thinking about retiring in the ripe old age of 35 or 39, you're like, I know how to do this. I know how to communicate. I know how to uh, you know, make content. And I do. I think there's there's something to that, that they're as ready to go out of the booth as, as they've ever been, if we're speaking broadly. Uh, I agree. I also think that there's more guys who understand there's a bunch of money and a bunch of fun if you become a media member afterwards. That could just be like a great example is Chris Long, who just sits in Virginia with his buddies and has an amazing time. And I think that he probably do that for free. The fact that he makes a bunch of money off of it is is just a bonus. Um, but these guys are starting earlier and earlier, not just with the rivals thing, but also like Ryan Clark, I think was working for a Pittsburgh TV station. Like when he was a stealer, like it's not a mm-hmm. surprise that he was able to, to, to very quickly become like a pundit. And so it is a different an old world school thing and all, too. It's an old school, you know, absolutely. old football players, right. You know, I'm working, I'm doing the news, right. I have a radio show while I'm doing, while I'm playing. I like that. Now they've all like Aaron Boone's doing the John Boy podcast. Isn't Daniel Daniel Jones the Daniel Jones show is on Johnny Stremsky's pod? <laughs> that's right. That's right. We have a quarterback but, show right here at the Ringer, getting ready. That's right. That's right. But no, but it, it, it's like it's 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 just a little bit different because these guys can also have their own runways, and they don't like JJ Watt could conceivably make. $20 million in five years with his own media thing or, or more, depending on how much it pops. Wouldn't you talk about podcast deals plus video plus whatever, take a couple million dollars to do one, one night a week of, of work or whatever at, at whatever network you want. So like, it's totally different. So, all right, let's go through it. Only rule is they have to be an active coach or player. We're drafting five each for a hypothetical network. Three sports have to be represented. College and pro are different we're building out our network of five people. Brian Curtis, because you are a guest, you get the first pick. You have the floor. There were two obvious names for me here. I went with the safer one, the one who has more reps already. Speaking of having a podcast, Draymond Green is my number one draft choice. Already done work for Turner. Already has a podcast. 
interviewing Steve Kerr this week at a very newsy interview <laughs> about what happened <laughs> to the Warriors this year. It's stupid to say that there's a next Charles Barkley because Charles Barkley is pretty much a one of one in the history of sports media. Like there's only one John Madden, but I think Draymond probably gets you closest to that in terms of having the stature, having the hardware that you want to listen to his pronouncements right away, being willing to say things, being willing to blow people up, having a little bit of that Charles Barkley-esque sort of feel to him when and he retires, which is probably not all that far away. Draymond's my number one pick. Wow. So Draymond was on my list, obviously. Uh, Obvious number one, but almost like a Trevor Lawrence type of one where you're just going to take him. He's on your board. Just take him. Uh, Jackson needs to produce this show. This is producer um, says he's awesome to work with. And it's just like the one thing about Draymond that, that suggests media stardom is that he's up to talk about anything. And he's never going to shy away. Like he could be, if you wanted to call in for 20 minutes about the live thing, he probably would have been great. Right. Like that, that, that's, that's the one thing where they'll lose a big playoff game and he'll just be like, okay, time to podcast. And like that not being a front runner is the most probably care. Like the, the most suggests that he can talk about anything, even if it's, Oh, I predicted this team's going to win. I was wrong. I'll just take, I'll just take my medicine, but I'll do it in a funny way. That's the entire vibe of that TNT show. Anyway, is to turn exactly right. Turn L's into W's in some way. And so, yes, that's the Barkley S part. Let's turn the yes. microphones on and figure yes, this out. Exactly. Exactly. And like the, there's tension there. Like, and that's always, it's funny because people in sports, I, I don't know if I've ever told the story. Uh, this part of the story, but I had a really early on in my podcasting career, I had a GM call me, just light me up, just light me up. And he, and I was like, that, that, that's not, that's not that uncommon. But I was like, Hey, would you, would you come, would you come on the ring around NFL show? And we'll just have this conversation. And the guy was like, absolutely not. And it's like, well, why not? Like, let's turn this Let's let's turn this tension and you can get your word out. You were mad at something I said. So let's get your side out and we'll just we'll just hash it out. And the guy, the GM was like, no. And the GM has done multiple podcasts since then, uh, but not mine. And but it's it's that sort of tension sells. And if you can be Draymond, like I, I forget what the exact quote was, but like Draymond was basically just like, I don't care if you guys hate it. I'm going to get this podcast out. Like that's a content creator. And that's why he was on my big board. That's why I think that he's just, he's got another, another level. And maybe he's the type of guy he doesn't have to, cause he's got this podcast, but like, he's the type of guy. Maybe you, you know, they, they paid Jason Witten to retire basically. And if you're a network, if you're ESPN, why not? you know, in a couple of years, just say to Draymond, Hey man, here's a, here's a ton of money. Yeah. And maybe we're there or close to it with Draymond. Maybe. Um, all right. My number one pick, I feel like now the Draymond's, I feel like I have some flexibility here. Um, I can really, uh, I can really go in a lot of different directions. I'm going to go with the sport. I <laughs> this know is a Jameer Gibbs kind of pick right here, right? Yeah. 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 Best players are off the board. So I need it. I'm going really to go short term. No, no, no. So, I thought about trying to be able to combine these two, but I'm not, uh, I'm that's cheating. I think, cause otherwise you could just start just acquiring entire podcasts. Um, I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey. So I thought about whether or not the Kelsey brothers could be one entity. I decided against it, as I said, um, but the stories they tell the insight they have, the charisma that they have, it's really something else. And, um, I don't think that you can like a Kelsey's very, very, very honest, which is hard. He knows the game. 
which is hard to come by, explains it really well. Um, again, hard to come by. Um, and so, um, I, he's funny hosted SNL. Like I, he's the type of guy who can fit into any situation. You almost wish, almost want him on like a debate show. He also loves the NBA. Like I just, I want him on one of these shows where there's like three hours to fill and he just can just sort of freelance. Like that was the one thing I know that this is crazy to say now in retrospect, but like, I remember when, when CB, when Shannon Sharp was on initially the CBS this morning, sorry, the uh, CBS NFL today on CBS, where it's like, okay, that would he might not some be casting, by the way. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Than... And uh, he, but it was it was different because it was like he was put into a box that a lot of people can thrive in and do. But like Shannon Sharp, it, his best attribute is just sitting around for two hours and just kind of telling funny stories and BSing and all all the things we've seen in the last couple of years. And so that to me is the Travis Kelsey role. So many ex-athletes show up at the network, show up at NBC or Fox, and the producer says, now let me turn you into an announcer. Let me figure out how to make you an announcer. Travis Kelsey is a great pick because he already figured it out. And it's like, no, no, I figured out how to be an announcer. <laughs> now you get to figure out how to use me or I get to decide whether, how, and, and why you're going to use me on television. Uh, yep. It's a great problem to have. It's a fantastic pick. All right, number two. All right, my second pick, uh, and this was the other one I considered at number one overall. Aaron Rodgers is my second Ooh, pick. This is dicey. This one's dicey. It, it's very dicey. Now, let me just state up front. I disagree with Aaron Rodgers about a lot, especially any pronouncements about public health. But I know that within the broadcasting industry, he's very sought after. People mm -hmm. I've talked to see him as a studio guy rather than a game caller. I don't know if that's because of his... Delivery, which is a little bit understated, but I think broadcasting works a little bit like professional wrestling commentary where you have faces and you have heels, you have Bobby the Brain Heen and you have Jesse the Body Ventura. There is probably going to be a slot in broadcasting that Aaron Rodgers occupies that's kind of like that. A guy who obviously enjoys the camera, a guy who obviously is interested in how the media works and interested in how he is perceived, let us say intensely interested in how he is perceived by the media, mm -hmm. and also somebody who's not afraid to blow people up. That's an announcer. Agree. You, don't, you, don't, you don't have to like it. You don't have to love him. You don't have to love the pronouncements, but I think that's an announcer. So I, I really like the interviews I've had with Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think he's incredibly thoughtful on football issues. He can talk extemporaneously for 30 minutes at a time on just small things, small minutia, things like why he prefers to use his cadence to draw defenses offside instead of using motion. I, I've talked to him about this kind of stuff. He is a football genius. Um, my only hesitation, the reason I called it dicey is like, does he want to do that? Does he want to sit in a basement and, you know, do darkest darkness retreats and do ayahuasca and then just podcast with like his, his, some buddies from college about uh what was the, the what was the book alk the alchemist right like that maybe he wants to do that does he want to break down josh allen versus joe burrow and who's better and who has who has the belt that's my only hesitation if i'm throwing a bunch of money at him is like is he going to be into that debate versus like is he going to because my my the reason it took travis kelsey but Aaron rogers I'd love to have Aaron rogers in my hypothetical network but travis kelsey is going to give you burrow versus josh allen 
but he's also going to give you, hey, I read this book and it was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers might reject the premise of a lot of those takey kind of questions. He might reject the premise of what we're doing right here. And there's always that there's always that mountain to climb. Is the athlete going to want to spend a lot of time doing this job? Because the job requires a lot of time. But Peyton Manning has created a way to do this job where it's like, I'm doing it kind of on my terms. Uh, I'm not traveling, right? I'm doing it from my house or my set uh, for yeah. my company. So I can imagine Aaron Rodgers' future that way too. But again, people tell me, studio guy, Fox Everybody's getting a little bit older. Somebody decides to retire. Could Aaron Rodgers just slide in there and be talking NFC every week? Could he be calling games? I think he'll get. I think he'll get tons of phone calls to do it. It was funny because I was talking to someone, uh, a reporter, uh, last week about kind of the newer generation of athletes. And I was, I was talking about Joe Burrow because I really enjoy interviewing Joe Burrow, and I think he's very honest, very blunt. But the one thing about Joe Burrow is, if he doesn't like a question, he doesn't even give you a bad answer. He's just like. Mm-mm, no, no, not going to answer that one. I'm going to keep that one to myself. And I said to the, I said to this, this reporter, I was like, you know, I just never don't really know anybody who does that. Um, and Burrow is the first. And this person was like, you know, who's actually the master of that? Peyton Manning. Just being like, yeah, mm. I'm going to pass. That's a pass for me. That's a pass. <laughs> so you can't always read into that. Like, and, and Rogers is the same, right? Where Rogers, if he doesn't want to say something, he will just not say it. Um, and he will just say, I'm avoiding this or I'll just make the entire thing completely different. And like, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give you an example. I asked him last year, Hey, Matt LaFleur is, I think the winningest coach in history at the time of the interview, um, through, through three years and he doesn't get enough credit. Why? And wheels are spinning. He probably had a bunch of things in his head. And his answer was, well, he's just so good looking. Nobody can realize how, you know, how, how good he is at coaching. Right. And they just make it a complete joke. Don't even engage with the substance because he knows that whatever he says is going to get him in trouble. If he answered that honestly. And so it's and like, what's that, weird is kind that of, works on television, by the way, yes, if you say that a hundred percent, that that's like a chuckle fest. That's a jumping off point for a chuckle fest. I don't want to talk about whether or not, you know, what, what the deal is and their perception of Matt LaFleur. So I'm just going to tell like a completely, uh, a completely off the rails joke like that, that that's going to work in a studio environment. You're right. Totally. Terry and Howie dissolve into laughter. Next segment. That's like a laughing. That's like a, a laughing so hard. You have to walk off camera type of joke you know just like you know what i'm saying like the hand on stomach fake laughing so just, hard yeah. you have to walk just off fake, camera just yeah. get off there um all right number two again this is the this is the 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 jameer gibbs thing i can just go in so many different directions um i'll i'll get a second sport on the board you already have yours college football coaching was hard for me because there okay. are great communicators. Someone like Kirby Smart's a great communicator. Don't think he's going to light a lot of people up. Dabo Swinney is a great communicator. By the way, Kirby Smart talking ball on YouTube is just an incredible genre that I recommend everybody check out. Dabo Swinney's not going to talk ball. He's going to talk culture. But who knows where he where he kind of falls on that. Who knows if he'd be compelling on the booth. I think he's really good at... It was funny because uh, this has got a bit of a side a sidebar, but like... Debo Swinney's uh, godson is a really good soccer player. And I was uh, watching a U.S. soccer game 
last summer and Dabo's godson was making his debut and Dabo was not only there he was like wearing the kid's jersey I think he was wearing like U.S. soccer gloves he was like Mr. Soccer and I was talking to Rhino Hamlin I was just like (laughs) someone like Dabo must be so good at pretending to be into stuff you know like he probably Mm. is it does Dabo know the rules of soccer you're like Belichick is admitted to not knowing the rules of soccer like but he's there and he's you know he's Mr. Recruiter he's Mr. Family Man and it's like he's gonna be into this he's almost like the football coaching version of like Pat McAfee, right? Where he's just like, I don't know what this is. I'm a curious guy. I'm in, right? But I'm not going to give it to Dabo. Dabo's not on my list. Maybe if we went 15 rounds, not on my list. Lane Kiffin is on my list. Damn it. Yes. That was- yes. I got you. So well done. You could have, you could have traded up. You didn't you got scared. I knew I was going to get my guy. Um, lighting people up. Great communicator. Yep. Um, I'd say a guy who has credibility because he's won. I know that the tarmac stuff became a joke or whatever, but the way he's rebuilt his career, uh, a a number one on the college scene for me. The low key sense of humor, I think plays well on television and also the ability to make fun of himself, which is a key component. Do you remember when, when he was at USC? I'll never forget this. I don't know why this is stuck in my brain that, uh, TJ Simers went, and interviewed him about I'm already I, laughing. I wanted to, I want to get this right. I think that they got their ass kicked by Oregon, but like by five points less than they had the year before. And TJ like brought that up at a press conference. And Lane was like, thank you for noticing. That's very nice. Like, you're right. We did get our ass kicked by five less points. That's really good. And it's like totally <laughs> went with it. And it's like, there's nobody else who's going to who's just going to totally go with the TJ Simers column. Totally. Fantastic sense of humor. And, and I just, I just think that would play really well on TV. And I think that could work as a studio show. And I think you could also work as a game analyst. I love lane. Great, great choice. Uh, for my third choice, a little safe. I got, I got a team of heels here. So I got to, I got to, I got to tack back a little bit into the baby face territory. A guy who's done it at an extremely high level and can do it again is Steve Kerr. Hmm. Number one announcer on Turner. You still find clips of him calling Eastern Conference Finals of yore. He is like the most natural announcer that has ever coached a basketball game, I think. Great explainer of basketball. Mm-hmm. Great taker of questions. Would take even the premise of a TJ Simers column and be like, okay. <laughs> he, probably called Sim- he probably called Simers after that column brand to say like, oh, it's yeah. a great column, TJ. Probably not going to be confused with a great comedian of our time, but certainly somebody who has that kind of low-key, wry sense of humor. And I think if he walks into the NBA, he's one of the two best game analysts right away. You know, you can talk me into Jeff Van Gundy being ahead of him because Van Gundy's got his own wonderfully grouchy little corner ragging on the refs. You can talk to me if you want to give me Reggie Miller, if you want to get JJ's rising star. But I think I think Steve Kerr's right up there, and he'd go right to a number one team. Completely agree. Um, it's going to take a lot of money because he's going to make, I think, uh, didn't Monty Williams just reset the coaching market? Is he getting like $15 million <laughs> a year? Like I think the, yeah. yesterday's price is not today's price for Steve Kerr and coaching. So I I'm, I'm with you though. Um, that was a safe pick that what, a, what a just, just drafting the the productive defensive end there. Who's going to give you a pencil. I'm looking at years. the rest of the list. I've got so many flyers. I had, I had to, I had to get somebody who's going to start day one. All right. I actually may have to defend this one. Big, huge name, 
not a huge personality, but a knows the game as better, knows his sport as well as anybody ever. And I think there's a floor, almost like Tom Brady, right? Where he's not going to be embarrassed. He's not going to embarrass himself. And if it's negative reviews, he would increase uh, his, you know, I don't think he would go full shit talking, but it, 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 would, it would get to a point where everybody was happy. It's Tiger Woods. Mm. So there's a couple of things here. As I said, I mean, like who, who knows more about golf than Tiger Woods and just things you'd never even think about. Um, I was on Mina's pod yesterday talking about like Sean Payton and how he just tells these anecdotes and you're just like, bro, like there are, they're not like Chuck Pagano would not have thought of this if he gave him 50 years. And Sean Payton was like, oh yeah, we'll just, we'll just do the onside kick in the opposite direction. So that way we can lobby the refs, that, that kind of stuff, right? Like a different level of football analysis. And so I believe Tiger could give you that, but then something else here, which is really important. And I remember somebody telling me this about the NFL network and, and ESPN, that one of the competitive advantages is when you've got like the set out there, like the studio set, you get all these guys. And this, the story I heard once was that, uh, remember when the Browns were supposed to be good the year they got Odell says so 2018. Right. And I was there for the first three days and, and I ended up getting everybody needed to get like the first day, there was so much media and so much hype there that they were like, no one-on-one interviews, no anything. We're going to put uh, uh, Freddie kitchens at the podium and that's going to be it. Right. Like we just can't do it. There's too many people here. And then like Steve Smith just walked onto the field and was like, Baker and Odell, you're coming with me. And they were like, yes, sir. And it's like, <laughs> like who's going to say no, right? Like who's going to say no to Steve Smith. And so uh, that's, that's the Tiger Woods effect. And I'm not, I'm not comparing to Tiger Woods. Too, I'm just saying like, it's even heightened where it's like, not only are you going to get any golfer to sit with Tiger Woods, but you can get them, you know, five minutes where they tee off at Augusta. You can get them, you can get who's not calling in. If you need to, if you need to fill 20 minutes with Tiger Woods. Um, so like it's, it's that it's that. It's like the Rousseau thing about how, like, if you're going to miss, you're going to miss famous because you're still going to sell a bunch of ads and we're going to get Tiger with some truck executives and he's going to sell a bunch of trucks. That's always my philosophy because, you know, somebody covers this stuff, right? I'm always like, Greg Olson should rise to the top. Chris Collinsworth should rise to the top, even if they weren't the most famous football players in the world or the best football players in the world, right? They're really good at their craft. They're really thoughtful, they're really good at announcing. But you know who I'd also hire? The most famous football players in the world. I would check that out. And thinking about Tiger, like how many experiments have we ever had in television with that level of athlete? Like Michael Jordan never did it. We're going to see maybe Tom Brady do it next year or maybe not. I mean, Brady was probably the best comp for this. If you just think of like, that level of all timer who would get into broadcasting and we'd have to see how they handled that. So to me, yes, I'm in absolutely in, but also like, I really want to see how the experiment works out. I want to see how tiger woods would do in that environment. I agree. And also you mentioned the comp, like tiger woods could also look at this and just be like, even if you give him $30 million a year, tiger woods can find $30 million in the couch cushions. He just does a couple of monster energy events and all of a sudden he's on track, you know, sell a couple more Buicks. Remember when uh, Phil Mickelson was in this slot for everybody 
Is he back? Is he now that now that now that he's a, a PGA partner? Is he back? I I, I couldn't do it. I, I'm not I'm not I'm not back I'm not back. All right, I'm who's Mickelson. your next pick? I can't do it. Whew. So I went to college football too. And first of all, I circled Lane Kiffin, but you snuck in there and took him away from me. You got you got to go um, deeper on your big board. I have to go deeper on my big board. So there's two choices here. My may may help me let you help me make this choice. The little bit of a safer pick is Nick Saban, who has a seat waiting for him on college game day, whenever he's going to retire. He's actually not a million miles away from the tiger Brady. Like he just knows his sports so well. And he's so famous. It's just going to kind of work. That's true. Right. And that would be the kind of like Belichick becoming an announcer that almost never, ever happens. The more outside the box and Aaron Rodgersy choice here was, what do you think about Jim Harbaugh as an oh, announcer and wow. kind of a rich man's urban Meyer as a pregame guy? So I, I'm going to push back on this. He's on my network, but he's doing like Bourdain style stuff. Mm, okay. Like he's just unleash, I- unleash Jim Harbaugh on Gainesville, Florida, and just see what he comes back with. Almost like, how, like Marty um, Smith. I mean, what are we, what are no, we talking like, here? I don't know. <laughs> for I honestly don't, honestly don't, I honestly don't know. Like you've heard the story about how like he just loves crossing guards because they just do their job at a high level. So he'll watch the crossing guards. Like he's into that stuff. Like just mm-hmm. turn them loose. Like, like what Lauren Michaels did with Albert Brooks, where they were just like, here's a camera, go get us something. And we'll put it on it at 1145 on Saturday night live. Like I would turn him loose. I wouldn't put him at a desk, but what if we got the desk and then you also turned him loose. So we had like the tape pieces and the, whatever Jim's places. Thanks to Omaha productions that we got out of him. Harbaugh's. Harbaugh's haunts, Harbaugh's hangouts of him just doing stuff. I think I get both. And by the way, like, I think he is kind of would be what Fox thinks Urban Meyer is, where it's like, oh, this truth teller didn't, didn't care what anybody thinks. I think Harbaugh might actually be a better version of that on television. Uh, I agree. Also, the best thing about Urban and Jim Harbaugh is in this bucket, too, is that, like, I think Urban knows, like, you can't talk about like toxic cultures, but he does anyway, you know, he'll just be mm. like, here's how to avoid a toxic culture. And he's just like barrels through. Like everybody knows he was with the Jaguars, whatever, but it's like, eh, whatever. Like the lack of the purposeful lack of self-awareness, putting the self-awareness to the side, I think is a very good skill in television. You know, I mean, I'll, by the way, that's what everybody has to have. If they're a bad player and they're on TV, they can't couch everything with, by the way, I could never do what Patrick Mahomes does, but here's my critique of Mahomes. You don't do that. You just barrel straight through. That's what you do. So that's that. All right. Looking at my big board. I'm just going to trust the process. You know, I'm just going to trust the process. Uh, I'm going to go. This is my fourth pick. I'm going to go back to the NFL. By the way, I'm not going to do Belichick. I thought about Belichick as just total wild card. Not going to do it uh, because I'm only going to take one NFL coach. I think it's more fascinating than good. The Belichick agree, thing. agree, agree. Uh, also, I think you'd have to do like a Belichick from home thing, almost like a slow, what Gallagher did with the initial slow news day. Just record him for twenty minutes and just use the four best minutes. You know, so it's like this going to be like a, the COVID draft where he's at the table with the dog. Yeah, who's not? It wasn't the dog named Nike. Like, who's not watching Bill and Nike? Um, I'm gonna go with Mister Dan Campbell. A fantastic pick. He's also on my big board. I got to say, explain. Uh, I think that we know that he, I, first of all, he knows ball in a way. I think he doesn't get enough credit for 
wrote that piece a couple of years ago about this. He's a Parcells disciple, he played in the league, played in college. You could even throw in some some SEC analysis because he went to Texas A&M. Believe that they were – Dan Campbell was on the last conference – the captain of the last conference championship team in Texas A&M. That's how long it's been. Um, and uh, he's got – I don't think they're cliches. They're just like Texasisms that really work. He's got a little got a little Dan Rather in him where he just brings home to television. Um well, Keith Jackson in them, just kind of Southern pleasantries. Um, I'm in, I'm in on that. I just, I, I just think that he would be an absolute phenomenon. I think that there are probably TV executives rooting for the lions to, uh, to totally flop the next two years. Does it seem like Terry Bradshaw just in a lot of ways, like that same, just kind of Southern affect that same kind of, just don't know what he's going to say on the air. Like Terry, at his at his, historic best and yes by the way i can confirm 1998 texas a&m aggies and you know why i know that because i was in the stadium and i was a college student when texas beat him and ricky williams ran for the record that day so just a little was, that, was that a boomer-esque i know because i was there i was there baby i don't i don't, I, I don't have much i don't have to cl- i can't claim you know certain ivy league degrees but i can claim to be at the university of texas in 1998 hell yeah what do people with Ivy League degrees even do? I don't they, know. They, they, what did they do in college? If they didn't, I've always just, felt so bad for them. Honestly, like sports fans who went to Ivy League schools must be just sick the whole time. Yeah, it's like I know what I was doing. What were you doing? Like, what do you? You're not. You don't have any weird hangups about like a recruiting class that was number one in the country, like 2008 class, and didn't <laughs> do anything with it. You don't have any weird things like I have where. Randy Shannon took seven kids from the same high school, but didn't take Levante David from the same exact team. You don't have any oh weird hangups like that. Instead, you went to Penn and majored in art history. Get serious. Oh my God. I still remember going to that game and riding home in the back of a truck, like a pickup. Yeah. College. They didn't do, do that, that at home kids. Dartmouth. They didn't do that at Dartmouth and, and <laughs> Yale. They didn't. You do want that. my fifth pick? Yeah, I do. I got a flyer here. It's a fifth round. You know, we're now we're talking projections, right? I don't I don't have as much tape as I'd like to. Maybe there was a there was an injury, right? Maybe there was a small college thing. I can't go one to one, but I'm projecting. And I'm projecting a guy who's pretty new to the NFL, but I think might have a big media career. His name is Micah Parsons. Plays for the Dallas Wait, Cowboys. Hold, hold on. Micah Parsons was already supposed to be on TV and he bailed. Uh, oh, okay. So we have a little issue with call times. Since he no-showed undisputed after losing in week one to the Bucks last year. But, but, as someone on TV famously once said, he is very online. He is very outspoken about the games he's just played in. My son and I went to the Cowboys-Giants on Thanksgiving last year, and he was like, oh, that number one pick, tackle for the Giants, I cashiered him all day. That was fun. On Twitter, like 30 seconds after the game. Uh, there's always a need for more defensive players because naturally television grad, you know, yes, goes to quarterbacks, goes to wide receivers, goes to running backs. So they're always looking for defensive players to fill out their lineup. I'm taking a flyer. Micah Parsons. Wow. That's a great one. Came on slow news day. He talks a lot again, kind of like the dream on thing. He ta- you just mentioned it, but he talks a lot about other teams. A uh-huh. lot about other teams. Oh, yeah. and like, he got, he's got, he yeah. got takes. 
he did that with when he was on my this show. Um, he was talking about the Rams, and he was just like going through the Rams roster to the point people were like, "Oh, is Leslie need to make a call?" And it's like, no, he just wanted to talk about the Rams. It's not anything weird. He just likes football. Um, so this is that's a great segue into my next guy who loves talking about a sport who is maybe even more online than Micah Parsons and Uh-oh. is incredibly famous, Mr. Kevin Durant. So I don't have NBA on my, on my network yet. So now we've got that into the fold. And I think you're probably have to make some compromises with Durant. I think he's going to do it from home. Come be probably do a zoom setup. Maybe he doesn't want Maybe he wants one of those kind of Manning cast type deals where he's only going to work 20 days out of the year. You have to give him a couple, you know, Durant's places type type stuff. Um, but I think that could, I think that could cook. It really could. And we know this at the ringer because it cooked at the ringer. We did that series of interviews with bill, which is really the grandfather of Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays and a lot of other things I think that came after it. Cause it was like, wait, this guy's just talking at length about the sport he's playing in right now with, with making, absolute honesty and making tons of news. This is credible. I, I, incredible. I think there's a little bit of an Aaron Rodgers question here. You say, yeah, it's at home. Probably. Would Kevin Durant prefer to be on television or just in some Twitter canoe with somebody who was, <laughs> you know, criticizing him online? I think that's an open question. The, mean, the, the Kevin Durant mean tweets genre. You could just do that and film it. Totally. But you know what? I could totally see him going on an inside the NBA type show and just being awesome. Being having again, that low key kind of understated delivery, but you're just leaning forward to listen to everything he says. Absolutely. Uh, I think there's a couple things here. Number one is that the bill interviews were so good and he was so honest that there was a couple of years that you probably remember this where there'd be a report that's like source Kevin Durant feels blank and people would be like, yeah, he said that in a podcast an hour two <laughs> with, with the most popular podcast in the his the most downloads in history of sports podcasting he said that and everybody heard it so you don't have to do the source thing two and a half years later like he just kind of just says whatever's on his mind which i don't think is the case for a lot of super duper stars like it almost reminds me like it's the exact opposite of the tiger woods thing where it's like well he knows so much ball you gotta hope he's gonna say whatever like durant's just gonna let it rip it's it's actually very you're right it's very rogers ish Yes, he, they're, they're comps in a lot of ways, both with their just absolute interest, is that the word, or, you know, obsession with how the media is thinking about them, how people are thinking about them. But I also think interest in how the media works that could ultimately drive them to a media career. I agree. Brian, are we doing, bo- are we doing bottom fives here? Or should I just cross Kirk <laughs> Ferentz's name off right now? I, no, I actually... I will say this, Kirk Ferentz having to genuinely answer questions about like why his kid is still his offensive coordinator, the screwed up arrangement between like the nepotism laws that they got around by making the AD, the boss of the offensive coordinator at Iowa. I mean like that, oh, I would, I I would actually love to see that. He would. So we just like perversely, a perversely honorable mention here, not bottom five. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. Um, yeah, Kirk Ferentz is, is probably bottom five for me. I'm trying to think who else. Like, I mean, like obviously on its on its face, Bill Belichick would be bottom five, but I, I actually think he would figure out a way to make it compelling. Even if it was just like, hey, Bill, what's it's almost like the champagne thing, right? Where it's like, hey, Bill, what you know, what do you think about this new kickoff rule? And then he just talks for an hour. 
Oh, I mean, again, it'd be it'd be really, really compelling. It's just it's just one of those. I had a lot of questions when I was looking up NFL quarterbacks because, of course, that's the biggest pipeline to get any announcer job. There were yeah, a lot of I question marks for me. This. Matt Stafford, you know, oh. Kirk Cousins, you know, there's like there's a whole bunch there that will that might get a job because they're kind of a famous NFL quarterback. And I just like I have no it's like Matt Ryan who just got hired. It's like I have no idea what that's going to be. I really don't. Stafford. I feel like Stafford could be like a George, like a SEC guy. But like, that. yeah, you know, sure. Live on, live on a lake, call into fine bomb twice a week for a few million bucks. I could do that. <laughs> um, I'm actually, I wish we had had bottom. I wish we'd done bottom one. And I'm trying to think like, the, I, I agree with you. I, I did the, my the, bottom the, one and it was, it's pretty awful. <laughs> it's good. No, but the, uh, I was actually like, you I was looking at the crop of quarterbacks, like Burrow is too young. And we also just don't know how that develops, but I really do think he could be very, very good. And also like part of this problem, I saw someone say this the other day, like, we think that the found money stuff with like Romo making $20 million or something, but Paolo Bancaro might make like a billion dollars in salary if he plays for 15 years. And like, at mm-hmm. some point these guys are going to be like, actually I'm good on podcasting unless they really like it. Like JJ Reddick. Unless they really like it. Or there's just something in their DNA. And we've seen this with famous athletes forever that just says, I want to be in this game somehow. Right. I'm still not totally convinced Tom Brady's ever going to be on television, but he signed that contract, right? Like there's something about him that says like, I want to be on TV. You know, I want to, I want to have this pulpit, you know, it's not like he needs the money. It's not like Troy Aikman back in the day needed the money. It's just, there's, there's something there. Right. And, and somebody's going to have it. The driving force is that these guys need to need in their bones to talk shit. A little bit. They just have so. to. They're just like, I have to talk about this game in this way because I hate these people. That's that's the way to go. Yeah, but you have to be a pretty close reader of television, right? Because there's not a lot of just pure shit talking from the booth during an NFL game. When you what get did, uh, it, then what you know Charles you've really Barkley, hit something. What what did Charles Barkley say about the the in the game seven with the Celtics? I'm tired of watching these dumbass play calls or whatever. Like that's that's yeah. peak broadcasting. Yeah, that's that's where you're just like, okay. <laughs> just gonna let her rip. Mostly right, you get the Troy Aikman with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like it's yep. all up to Jimmy Garoppolo now, and that's bad news. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. I'll see you. Talk I'll you see soon. you at uh I'll see you at, at Live Pasadena. Don't even joke about that. Mm-hmm.